Hey. Hi, this is Tom Field, Editorial Director with Information Security Media Group. The topic today is a new interesting study on governance and board management by Carnegie Mellon University. We're talking to the author of that study, Jody Westby, Adjunct Distinguished Fellow at Scilab and CEO at Global Cyber Risk. Jody, thank you so much for joining me today. My pleasure, Tom. Thank you. Tell us a little bit about this new study. What prompted it, and then what some of your key findings are. Well, it was prompted by the continuing feeling for over the past several years, five, six years, by IT experts and the IT industry generally, that boards and senior management were not paying adequate attention to security of their organization's data and information technology systems. And so this survey was designed to determine if the, these claims were actually valid and the degree to which boards and, uh, and directors uh, were actually exercising oversight of privacy and security. Um, the organizational structure, if they were, uh, for governance, and the degree to which companies were really following best practices for governance, privacy, and security. So that, those were the driving forces. Okay, and tell me a little bit about some of the key findings here. And then my real question is, what sort of shocks did you find? Well, the findings overall broadly did support that boards of directors and officers of corporations are not paying adequate attention to privacy and security, nor exercising adequate governance and engaging in on the key um, activities that really would give them an indication of whether the risks with privacy and security were being managed. But what surprised me was that um, most companies indicated that they really didn't have the right kind of executives in these roles. I think we all assumed that there, most companies had a, the chief information security officer, chief security officer, and a chief privacy officer. Companies seem to grab onto the chief privacy officer notion rather readily. Uh, several years ago when everyone started pushing this. And um, the surprising result was that 59% of the respondents said their organizations did not have a CISO. And 71 said they didn't, 71% said they didn't have a CSO. But more surprising was the 78% that said their organizations did not have a chief privacy officer. And so I think this is really a clear indication of a gap in governance. If boards don't even understand that they have to have these key roles and responsibilities uh, well staffed with qualified people and, and the roles defined, then that's a major gap. The second thing that almost goes hand in hand with this, though, was that the organizations, we asked them if they had an enterprise risk management plan. And Less than half, 47%, less than half of them said that they had a risk management plan. So that means 50% of the respondents' companies didn't have a risk management plan. And the, and the respondents were from public listed companies, so, so NASDAQ, NYSE companies. And um, you would think that after 9-11 and the emphasis that's been on risk, that they would at least have a risk plan. But more surprising was out of that 47%, then only about two-thirds of those said that IT was considered in the risk management. 
So companies clearly are not understanding that they would not even be able to operate and do business if they didn't have their IT systems. That their information networks, their applications, and their data are truly the digital assets that comprise the very operations and necessary information of an organization, and they're not including it in risk management. So those are the two things that I think just really, really surprised me. Jody, which industries did you study, and did you analyze at all whether there are any key differences among industries? We looked at industries of uh, uh, all industry sectors and all sizes. So we had energy, financial, healthcare, IT, and telecommunications. We had uh, industrials, consumers. We had also materials and retailing. So we had a good cross-section of industry sectors. And the sizes also ranged from um, less than 50 million to um, more than more than 10 billion. And uh, up to 10 billion, I think. And so um, we had we had some small companies, small to medium-sized companies, up to the very huge global giants. Um, so, but we did not separate the findings by industry sector. About 70% of the respondents were from critical infrastructures industry sectors, but we didn't compare the the results um, uh, and the responses. But it's a good thought, and, you know, we intend to repeat this study next year and to get information and try to com develop a baseline and a comparison point. And I think it would be uh, good for us next year to look to see if some industry sectors are really vastly different in their responses than others. That would be interesting. Two things would interest me. One, to, to compare the industries, especially when you've got something like financial services that's so regulated, and then to look at size of, of organizations as well. That might give you some interesting cross-tabs and, again, something to think about next year. Exactly. Okay, so based on what you saw this year in your analysis, what are the greatest concerns that come from the responses in this study? Well, I think the greatest concerns are the things that we believe comprise the best practices for really um, managing and governing enterprise security are not being looked at. So, for example, 38% um, of the respondents said they only occasionally or rarely reviewed and approved annual budgets for privacy and security. And an additional 40% said they never did. Um, so that's a total of 78% that was either occasionally, rarely, or never. And then we, when you look at reviewing roles and responsibilities, again, it was 55% um, said they only occasionally or rarely reviewed, and an additional 28% said they did. Um, when we look at the top-level policies that, that should come from the board and senior management that set the tone for, for security. 56% um, of the respondents said that they only occasionally or rarely reviewed and approved top-level policies regarding privacy and security, and an additional 23% said they never did. And then when we looked at reviewing reports from senior management on privacy and security, 62% of them said that they only occasionally or rarely reviewed reports from senior management, and an additional 15% said they never did. 
And so when we look at those activities, and then we ask them if they conducted annual com privacy compliance reviews, if they had breach notification plans, if they conducted annual risk assessments, and the results were very, very low. And in fact, more than half, 56% of the respondents said they didn't do any of those things. And those are real driving um, points for understanding the state of privacy and security in an organization. If you aren't doing privacy compliance reviews, then you really don't know if, you, if you're doing anything at all with privacy. And only 25% said they had a breach notification plan. So if you look at the Privacy Rights Clearinghouse, that, that is kept, website that's kept tally of number of records breached since the Choice Point event in 2005, that doubled in the last year. The number of records breached doubled in the last year. And yet only 21% of the respondents said they had a security breach notification plan. Now this is consistent with what I find in my work. Because what I find in my work is companies are ill-prepared when there is a breach. And there really isn't a, a plan that is um, well thought through, much less tested. So I think that it shows a real negligence on the part of companies when they have clear compliance requirements now and re notification requirements to notify consumers, plus the... State laws are now many of them requiring that, in addition, they notify state attorneys general, consumer protection agencies, sometimes they have to notify credit bureaus, sometimes law enforcement has to be involved. So there's a lot of other um, points that are mandated notification. So not to have a security breach notification plan in this day and age, um, I think that's another huge gap, and, and it, it really, I think, indicates that either these boards have to wake up or the clear thing is they need to start looking at their board composition and start focusing on getting IT security experts on their boards so that they can better protect the assets of their corporations. Well, you make a good point, given the climate we're in right now, that certainly consumer confidence is shaken. Uh, we, we see a, a new administration coming in and likely more regulatory oversight for everybody. So given what you've seen and what came out of this report, what are some of the top-line recommendations you've made to companies? We are certainly recommending that boards have the right kind of governance structures in place, that there be a cross-organizational team within um, a company that has the chief privacy officer, security officer, chief officer, human resources, legal, um, chief financial officer um, involved so that they can discuss on a regular basis privacy and security concerns. So certainly putting the right governance and, uh, structures in place, having the right policies and at the top, conducting annual reviews and risk assessments um, are, are also clearly, you know, top recommendations. So um, the um, the report overall has, I believe, about 12 recommendations. Um, they're bulleted here, but we didn't number them, so I'm going yeah. to it's about that. And so they and also to make sure that there's a board risk committee. Um, that was something that we were were pretty um, concerned about: is that boards 
still are overly reliant on their audit committees for whatever oversight there is of privacy and security. And and when we were discussing the findings with some people and writing the report, they said, well, of course they're reliant on their audit committees. That's who's supposed to manage risk. And we said, exactly, but they aren't supposed to establish it. What these what these companies are doing is throwing all the privacy and security into the audit committee, then they oversee getting it all set up, then they turn around and audit it. That's a clear segregation of duties issues and at the board level. And so there should be a board risk committee that makes sure the right risk measures are in place, and there should be a board audit committee that serves as a check and balance on those activities that are performed under the oversight of the risk committee. So the board risk committee is a really, really important change we're trying to get boards to do and senior management to undertake is to add that risk committee. Only 8% of the respondents said they had a board risk committee. Um, we also want to be sure that privacy and security in an organization are separated. A number of the respondents indicated that the security person also took care of privacy. And the risk there is that, if, and I have seen it among some of my clients, um, is that when you have someone that's responsible for both privacy and security, you have a single point of failure. The person may determine that, that some law or compliance requirement does not uh, apply to their organization, and therefore the privacy compliance drops out the window, and any security measures are never implemented, and so the company is, is wide open. So privacy and security roles should be separated. Um, also, clearly, of course, we are wanting um, annual reviews and audits to make sure that um, uh, controls are effective, that if changes in the organization have been accommodated in the security program, and uh, it's very tempting for companies to say, wow, we got finally got this whole security program set up. We did all these things, and so now let's move on and we'll go look at it again in five years. And you can't do that. The technology and the risks evolve so fast that it has to be a annual review by both the board risk committee and the audit committee and then, of course, comparing results. That's how what we do with financial statements and that's how we ought to handle information technology risks as well. Now, Jody, I know that you know financial institutions fairly well. Are there any real specific takeaways for banking institutions that read this report that they should pay particular attention to? Well, the bank, of course, the Federal Reserve, and the financial regulatory entities require banks to have response plans. They do have specific com privacy and compliance requirements. They do have specific notification requirements. And so I would say the main thing that financial institutions should do is to look at, one, do they have a board risk committee? Are IT risks included in their enterprise risk management? And do they have a cross-organizational team so that they, they have... Um, involved key executives across their organization to meet and talk regularly. And I don't mean pushing this down to mid-level management level. Um, and, and because that is what just diverts attention away from the senior level people and that's what diverts attention away from budgeting the amounts that needed to be budgeted to maintain truly an effective security program. So, um, you know, they, they need to include communications public uh, and public relations, perhaps even investor relations, and the other 
folks that I mentioned, HR legal, the CIO, CSO, CRO, the, the chief roles that would come into play as well, including uh, financial. And when you have that kind of cross-organizational team working in a company with a board risk committee, that begins a very effective dialogue to manage these risks. But those are the real things that I see, is financial institutions need to take a real close look at their governance structures, and they need to make it, take a close look at their breach notification plans uh, to make sure that they really, in fact, are compliant with the guidance that's out there from the Federal Reserve and how to handle a breach. It's been a fascinating study, Joan. I really enjoyed it, and we're going to share this with our audience as well. So I guess my last question is, what's next? What are you going to tackle next, and, and when can we look forward to hearing more from you? Well, we're going to do the study again next year, and um, we are going to also be doing, we, we want to go do briefings, um, on this report and on our findings to boards and to senior management. And so we welcome them to contact us and ask us to come talk to them because that's part of our effort to try to pull, pull our weight and our contribution that we want to make in the next year to see if we can help boards understand their issues. It's one thing to issue a report, but we're going to go one step farther and provide briefings to companies that want it on these issues to help their boards and senior management really understand what their responsibilities are. And so the next year we'll be doing um, a repeat of the study. We'll probably add some questions, and I think you know your suggestion about having some comparison with industry sectors is a really good one. And um, so that's kind of the plan at this point. Very good. Jody, thank you for taking time to share your insight with us today. Thank you for your interest. And um, please feel free to tell your members to contact Carnegie Mellon Scilab um, if they're interested in, in such a briefing, and we'll, we'll get right in touch with them. Very good. We've been talking with Jody Westby. And for Information Security Media Group, I'm Tom Field. Thank you very much.